All right, so first podcast, pretty cool. All right, hopefully, there's a glass. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully it's the first of many. Right. Um, so I have here with me, Chris, it's Chewbacca, right? That's correct. All right, because yep. I think I was saying it wrong like the first few times we hung out. Yeah, so. Chewbacca, you know, whatever. So People get it wrong, yeah. In the off chance, <laughs> yeah, right. In the, in the off chance that actually somebody listens to this, why don't you explain uh, who you are and what you do? All right, so yeah, so I guess I'll start off that I am from Texas. As Texans, we always have to say that over from Texas. It's important. It's a requirement. <laughs> it has to be known. I know she wants uh, a hat at home today. I did. I, I have the cowboy hat. I, I know. I asked you to bring it. I, I asked you to bring it. I should have. <laughs> I would have gotten Texas mode. It would have been too rowdy. But I have the boots on. That's what all right. All right. Good. Um, and I uh, then came to Florida, practicing out here in Florida. Um, first moved to Venice and uh, started my practice out there in Sarasota County. Moved up to St. Pete back in December. And I'm now taking cases or doing cases in Pinellas, Hillsboro, you know, Manatee, Sarasota, all the way down. All right, cool. Um, so, all right, right before we turn this thing on, what were you talking about? You the wheelchair know? case? Yeah, yeah, the wheelchair case. Yeah, so, all right, all right. So, yeah, the other day you get called. This is a, the interesting phone calls you get on the daily. Um, guy went to a uh, treatment facility to... Yeah, receive treatment. I right. So there's, I, you know, I don't know much detail. I won't give too much details, but I'll keep it. I'll keep it general <laughs> in a certain sense. So, um, to receive treatment, and okay. um, he is wheelchair bound, disabled. So already has a disability. Going for treatment for something else. Around four forty-five, the I guess nurse or attendant or somebody's like knocks on the door. He's in his bed and says, "Hey, uh, it's time to go to dinner." Keeps moving. He or she keeps moving. My client's like, uh, well, I need to get down to the, the dining room. But he doesn't know how. Nobody's helping him. Uh, so he has to get from bed to wheelchair. Mm-hmm. So the wheelchair, he believes the brakes are on. He thinks the brakes are on. There's you know, little side brakes. Yeah. Uh, you know, left, right, side. you going to lean down and grab or whatever. Yeah, and you push them. You yeah. know, push them forward, back. Yeah. All right. So he's, those are activated. Or at least he thinks the brakes are activated. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to get on there, get to the wheelchair. And uh, sure enough... Um, the right brake was not activated, did not work, was actually broken. Mm. So we have a faulty wheelchair here. So it, it, of course it keeps rolling. He falls, hits his head. Um, so he's not in a good condition. He's yelling. Nobody's even going to help him out. He's able to get himself back on the wheelchair, tells the nurse. And then the nurse is like, she looks at the wheelchair and she's like, oh, this thing needs to be thrown in the dumpster. You know, and somebody had put scotch tape. Now he didn't see it because scotch tape's a little, you know, you can't really notice that. Uh, on the right brake to right. try to fix it. So there was somebody had noticed that this wheelchair was not in the best of condition. Right. And because of that, now he you know did not know that and fell. Subsequent to leaving, they gave him an x-ray at the facility there. He broke his tailbone. And then now he, he was discharged probably like a week later. And he has blurred vision. Yeah. And he's like, what's going on? I mean, he hit his head. Right. Um, so, I mean, we're going to send him to a neurologist and see what happens. The verdict's not out on, on that diagnosis, but, um, yeah. When he, when he fell, like, what was the, did, did they, did he, like, go to the ER or to care? Or, like, I know he's, you said he was in a nursing home at the time? Uh, treatment center. Treatment center. Okay. So, I mean, they had limited medical capabilities there. Okay. Now, they were able to give him an x-ray there. Did they send him anywhere, though, or did they just keep it in-house? Keep it in-house, yeah, x-ray. He said, like, later that night, they came in with, like, the x-ray machine, took the x-ray, and were like, yeah, your tailbone's broken. I think he saw maybe, like, a psychiatrist there. Yeah. The, which psychiatrist because like when you hit your head right you need to see right you know right well and that was also the treatment center so that's what they had 
You okay. know what I'm saying? That was right. the so he was going to see but those still, guys anyways. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, right. And, and like, yeah, I don't think I think hitting the head was a little bit beyond, you know, maybe what the side, probably a, neuro, you know, a neurologist um, is probably the person for for him to see now. That would be my if, thought. You know, if the blurred vision, like, how when did he fall? How long ago was it? This was on the fourteenth. So of May, uh, yeah. June now, so, so two months, yeah. two and a half months ago. Yeah, I mean not, weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Interesting. And that's it, though. It's his main complaint right now is the blurred vision. Because that's a bad one. I'm not. I'm just trying to do right. it. I guess no, I'm going to wrap my head around it. Yeah, so broken tailbone obviously has pain from that. Oh, broken tailbone, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the tailbone broke, which, you know, that's, I think, men's on its own. I think it does, too. I don't think you get, like, there's no cast for that, right? I don't think you can. I think you just have to kind of, like, deal with it until it mends. But I've heard it's really um, painful. Right, because you're always sitting on it. It's always there. But, yeah, you can't put, like, a buffer of any sort. Stop it. So you saw one of those like uh, what is it like the inflatable donut pillows? Or yeah, I guess he uh, could buffer. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Man, he can buffer himself. Put a, put a cushion, but you know, it's it's just situations like that where it's like they the lady even said the nurse said that wheelchair needs to be in a dumpster. Well, yeah, it should have been right. in a dumpster, and you should have had one that worked. Yeah. Um. So I think I think that one's going to turn out pretty favorable in the sense of the liability perspective. I would agree. Who's responsible? Yeah, I think in in that scenario, you've got the care facility or whatever the treatment facility, right? It, whatever their duty of care is, I would I would imagine that if he he, could, he can't walk, right? No, no, I mean he couldn't walk before. I mean, yeah, he's yeah, just able, that he right, he's walk. wheelchair bound before. Right. So if there was a pattern of conduct, or at least a, I don't know, like some kind of agreement, because we haven't talked about this specifically. I don't know what the what the exact agreement was between this treatment facility and himself you know like i don't know if there was like some exceptions that allowed it for him to like get to the wheelchair himself but it sounds like it was there wasn't no so by not being there to help him and also providing a faulty wheelchair which i think is probably even more important just providing a faulty wheelchair in general right it's probably going to get him into trouble had he ever used that wheelchair before it was so it wasn't his i can tell you that you okay. know what I'm saying? It, was, it was for sure the facility's wheelchair not his um or it's just the I don't know. I don't know. Well, no, he actually. Well, he had because he he was actually in a a wheelchair that was too big for him. It was like one of those double person, you know, those obese persons wheelchair, <laughs> and and he's he's not. So he he's like he was like, dude, I'm I'm like sinking in the middle of this sucker. Yeah. So he tells him that, and they're like, oh, okay, well, let's put you in this one, and they put him in the faulty one. Right. So yeah, it was just he couldn't win on the wheelchair front. Apparently, you know, goes yeah. from <laughs> one doesn't fit him, one that doesn't work. Yeah, but and you know we're this is early, early on. I guess for the listeners to know, I mean, it's in this phase now. I've sent out a letter to the facility okay. asking for their insurance policy. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the first step, I guess, for the listeners to know, like in a personal injury setting, sending a letter out. Um, you know, and we'll talk about. I guess we can talk about the teeth of it. Yeah, just talk. Yeah. Just talk. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. I don't know if these guys are actually going to respond to the letter. I'm not confident on that. I think okay. they're, I think they're going to take it. I think they're going to throw it in the garbage. Interesting. And the reality is, I mean, you know, I'm, asking, I'm telling them to give to their insurance carrier, and I'm also at. I doubled up in that letter. I said, please also preserve the evidence of because he had a video camera in his room. Okay. So I said a preservation of the evidence component as well. Just kind of doubled up in that letter, saying okay. so uh, the next paragraph was additionally, please preserve X, Y, and Z. You know, all that being the 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 camera. Um, because it shows the fault. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if they want to play the game, 
you know. So that's the um, thing that that's the thing that I've actually been working on right now is like getting better with uh, preservation letters, right? Because it's like one of those things where. All right, so at the last law firm that I worked at, we had we actually had uh, an attorney who like that was her thing. Her thing was like um, electronically stored evidence or electronically stored information. ESI, ESI, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Electronically stored information, right? Right. So I learned a lot of stuff from her. Uh, shout out to Chioma Deer. She randomly listens to this. You're hearing this, girl. Um, <laughs> she she taught me a lot. I mean, she taught me a right. ton. Like, right. uh, and that's the thing is like, apparently we're like the. The precipice of the the big ESI. We got to define that word for me, Calzer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a layman here. We're, so. <laughs> we're at the beginning of of ESI being like a humongous, right? You know, it, it already is a big deal, but like I, I guess like the law is now really catching up with it. And so one of the things that that I think that I think our generation of attorneys is like coming into like right at the beginning, since we're both young lawyers, is that you got to send out these letters to preserve electronically stored information. And if you don't, and it suddenly goes missing, it can be on you, the attorney, for not sending that letter to them to tell them, hey, some of this stuff that you may not normally think of in everyday life needs to be preserved, is to be preserved. Like, I think the easiest example is like Facebook, right? You need to tell people that like, you can't delete your pictures off of Facebook, but you can actually tell them to, you know, make it private or whatever. So if you're representing a person that's on Facebook, you can tell them to make the, make the Facebook private, so right. that randos can't just like go in there and look at it, but at the same time, you're not allowed to delete photos out of there that could be relevant to the actual litigation itself. Right. But it, I mean, ESI letters, like preservation letters extend to pretty much fucking anything. I mean, it can yeah. be anything, videos, photos, um, documents, records, anything. So I, I'm trying to get better at it, but it's just like one of those things where I guess it's just not, it's not like in that, I don't, I don't have the ESI preservation letter bone. Like right. I do with like complaints or, yeah. or whatever. Well, I mean, it's really, I mean, kind of a generic form. Now, whether or not somebody listens to it, that's always my thing. What if they, they right. get it, they get the letter, and it says preserve this, and they're like, okay. And then they're like, uh, we don't have we don't have right. the video. The, right. the machine was off that day. Right. Like how, you know, yeah. then I'm going to go fight right. to go figure out if it truly, why, was it on that day? Was it off that day? Motion to compel. I mean, what's the motion to compel there though, right? Well, I mean, you're not, like, yeah. you don't even know. They can just right. like come to you in line and be like, oh, it never existed or whatever. Well, we're not even at the stage yet where there's even a complaint to where I can even like motion right. thing yet. Right, right, right. Know. Sometimes uh, I wonder if like sending it like an ESI letter, you know, like it's more like CYA, mm. but you know, like if that alerts them to the fact that you think that this video is important, like. You know there's scumbags out there that are like, delete. Oh, totally. Even when you're in <laughs> discovery, I'm always asking like, any and all emails in between corporate representative one and corporate, you know, internal, and like, how do I know that they're truly giving me every email you on their server? You right. don't. It's like, supposed to be good. good faith, which is, right. uh, you know, I don't know. I maybe I'm just not as trustworthy as some people. I just don't, you know, trust some of those internal emails that they say, oh, we don't have those. Yeah, you know, it's like, come on, you said something about my client in an email, you know, and you're telling me you didn't say anything, right? It was all just oral conversation, right. like, so yeah, say in the 1920s, you know, yeah, and so like, you know, for you know, as a as a I guess newly solo attorney, I'm always wary of that stuff because like when I was on the defense side, we parsed through everything, and like I never did anything unethical, but at the same time, like if the interrogatory was worded funny. Or I thought it was worded in a different way, and I could find a reason 
not to give something, then I wouldn't give it. Right. See what I'm saying? Right. If you yeah define what the word general or whatever means, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you'd be like, well, we object to we don't know what that word means, so therefore we can't tender X, Y, and Z. Right. But I think something is like as as broad as like a video. Or yeah. like, I, like I, I've been writing interrogatories this week actually, and it's like motion pictures. Like you put that in there, it's right? Like, like motion picture, the moving <laughs> ones. Yeah, there's not the right. regular picture, but get the yeah. You have to specify the moving ones, but uh, okay. Somebody's like actually uh, all mine are digital, so therefore it's not you know right. whatever. It's like okay, so moving pictures or whatever right. you know. I guess I can talk about the uh, the gun case. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's, a, that's an interesting one. And we'll know more on Monday after the hearing. All right. I'm, um, I'm, keep talking. I'm going to look this one up. Though, you know, yeah, you're going to try to, well, yeah, help me out here, you know. Um, let's teamwork this. So, gentleman calls, and he has a risk protection order hearing, which, by the way, is civil. It's not criminal. So, we're in the civil realm there. Okay. And, but it's, it's filed on behalf of the sheriff's department. Okay. So, they're the ones filing it, like, they're, like, their contract counsel or somebody. And they're saying, judge, this guy is a risk to himself, other people, etc. There's like 12 different criteria, and they check mark, you know, four of the boxes. Okay. And they have an affidavit attached of like the, the purported victim, which in this situation is his ex-boyfriend. Okay. Uh, that he did all this stuff, you know, came, they met up, and my, you know, client stabbed him, pulled a gun out. You know, uh, et cetera. So, um, <laughs> right. So, you know, so I talk to my client, of course, that's, there's a different story, you know. Right. Um, so but, the, he, it, but, but it says that he stabbed him. Right. Okay. Which I'm kind of like, well, where's the... So so you've got some, some evidence of Well, like, is this a picture? No, there's no pictures attached. So I'm like, okay. well, where's... Did he go to hospital? No, he must have been one of these superheroes that just, you know... Uh, you heals quick. Right? Yeah, Nothing. Superman just healed yeah. right then and there. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Taylor Swift, he was shaking it off. But, um... <laughs> So, you know, what we're trying to figure out here is balancing this guy's Second Amendment rights. Right. The right to bear arms. Right. Versus the safety of others, or purported Correct. threat to others. Right. And, you know, how much validity are you going to put just on a written statement, affidavit? You know, anybody could just go and say, hey, this is what happened. Right. Sign off an affidavit. Of course, yes, there could be consequences of it, but just don't do it. And if somebody... The police now are, you know, the sheriff's department is now prosecuting a risk protection order to get his firearms removed. All right. So let's, let, let, I guess let's, let's take a step back because I, I want to like analyze this um, to try to figure out like where, if there's another law out there that I, I'm not aware of. Because like my first thought is like, the fuck they can do that. They can't do that right. shit. There's no way, right? How are they just going to like, he hasn't committed a crime yet. Right. He's been charged. He hasn't done anything. He's been charged with anything. So it'd be different if he was like charged for something and this is going right. on at the same time, simultaneously in conjunction. And they do that every single time. When someone is charged with a crime related to a firearm, they're going to take the firearm itself. And they're actually going to ban you from using the fire from any firearms until the, to the, to the, the, uh, the, I think the, I mean, so like the case resolves. I'm getting weird to the phones on, but like, I'm pretty right. sure that like what ends up happening is they take the, um, they take uh, they take your ability to like even wield firearms at all. all right. So until you're done with your whatever your violent crime is, okay. Right. So has there been a law that has changed? Because I know that there's been a lot of stuff since I was uh, a criminal defense attorney. All the Sandy Hook stuff has come up, right? And right. I know that there was a lot of laws, and I was kind of googling this while you were talking, try to find out because I know there's been some new laws that have been established in the state of Florida that are trying to be like preemptive. Right. Try to stop people from you know shooting somebody before the actual crime happens. I guess like a thought crime or whatever. Right. But minority report. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but 
I, like when I when I right. googled it just a minute ago, like that actually didn't come up. Like what you're talking about actually didn't come up. Like it's saying here that uh, it says the laws include raising the minimum age to purchase a firearm to 21. Okay, great. Requires a three day waiting period um, to purchase a firearm. Great. And then it doesn't say anything else. So right. you know, as far as like preemptively taking a firearm from someone who hasn't committed a crime, hasn't even been charged. Right, and we know that. If you're a felon, a convicted felon, you're not allowed to possess a firearm. So I'm assuming just by the fact that he – they didn't just charge him with, you know, felon in, or ex-felon in possession of a firearm. He's not an ex-felon, right? No, no. So we don't have that situation. So it's, it's have, straight up they're just worried that he's going to concerned, do something with the firearm. Right. That based upon just one statement that he is subsequently going to harm somebody, himself, others, and the victim. That sounds like bullshit. Yeah, no, that's, I just, and like he, you know, he told me, he's like, I don't want to give him a gun. He's like, I'm not going to charge him. But here's the thing, though. Mm. I don't want him to go in that hearing and talk, and then they use what he said right. at that hearing later on against them if they so happen to like, so charge just, him. Just execute an affidavit. Just execute an affidavit, file that as evidence, like, because you can control exactly what it is in the affidavit, right? Right. So obviously make it truthful. But then you can limit so he's not talking about anything outside, ex- anything extra extraneous. Right. Put that into evidence and then argue whatever's on the affidavit to the judge. So I just – I mean I'm essentially tendering it to the court like an affidavit. His statement. So, yeah, yeah his, here's the judge. Here's his statement. Right. And, and if opposing counsel like, gets up and like, makes some hearsay argument and just argue that like this is a motion to the court, the rules of evidence relax, and the judge will be like, okay. Right. And take it in. Yeah. So yes, it will be statements. Right. Obviously it will be statements. But like just control what those statements are. Right. Well, no, in that yeah, the hearing's Monday. So I got this guy yesterday. So, well, you yeah, could talk just, about last minute. Yeah. I mean, but you could also just straight up do the whole, like, you know, have him, have him right to remain silent. They have to prove it. I mean, I know it's civil, so it's not criminal, so there's that. So then what's the, did, did, what's the charging document? What does the injunction say? Um, I mean, it was a motion, ex parte motion for risk protection order hearing, and then a proposed order. From the sheriff? Yeah. Did they cite any laws at all? Yeah, and that, and that well, I think they might have set to like 790. I'm putting you on the spot right here without but, a computer in front well, of Well, right now, I think it's like 790. They, they, well, it mentions other laws in there. Like, is there already a convicted felon pursuant to? Right. And it says no. That right. box is checked now. Right. Um, and then also, yeah, it cites, I think, like um, the domestic battery situation. It says it pursuant to that, no. Because, uh, like, there are, these two are not in a relationship. Mm. Um, so I don't know. They live together? I don't. I didn't ask too much in the past. I think they might have it one time. No, but right now. Oh, they right now, right? No, 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 no. All right. And my dude doesn't even want to. My the, the client doesn't even want to hang out with him. Doesn't even want to see him. Never wants to see him. Says he's on drugs and whatnot. And this is where the story's concocted from. Right. And has it doesn't want anything to do with him. And of course, there's like like I don't think it matters. I don't think that matters. I think like this. My my Second Amendment bone is like no. Right. Like he's got a right to own firearms. We all have a right to own firearms unless there's some exceptions like, you know, if you're a convicted felon. He's not that. I don't know of any other law that would prohibit him from doing that. Like, right. you can't restrict a person's rights for something that they haven't actually done yet. Right. No, I mean, it's, it's an interesting potential order because it's talking about it's preventative. Which laws are preventative at times. Right. You know, and this one being... Um, you know, his weapons are going to be taken now. But here's the thing. I mean, if you really were concerned about him attacking or killing this victim here, 
he could go borrow. I mean, if he has a friend that has a gun, if he really wanted, you know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, that's being I, practical about it. Right. You know, like it's like, of right. course, if he really wants to kill her, he's gonna find a way to kill her. He's gonna be through his exactly. hands or some other weapon right. or right. whatever. Or the knife that supposedly the person was stabbed with. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, but but that's that kind of goes to the point, right? It's like if the guy wants to kill her, he's gonna kill her. Right. No matter regardless almost, of guns or not, unless you lock him up. Right. Which they're yeah. not gonna be able to do. So this, is like, this is like a step in that direction, which is why it's concerning to me because. Big brother, man. You know, right. I mean, we're seeing it right now, and I don't want to really get political about this, but, you know, I mean, like, the, the whole crackdown, you know, with all these, you know, the, the police everywhere, and, like, right. you know, it's crazy right now. Well, and, that, and that's actually kind of to your point, though. His concern is he definitely wants a firearm right now with, pro, you know, riots, protests, yeah. et cetera, yeah. going on throughout the nation in the city. And, I mean, he lives near Tampa. Where there's more, you know, more action, more stuff going on than St. Pete in terms yeah. of, you know, protests and riots and incidences happening. Um, so I think he's concerned about that situation. So there's there's more to look at that just than his potential harm capabilities. But that's why this is such an interesting case. Right. It's like it's, it's kind of bigger than, than the case, right? Unless there's like something – because I've never had a case like this before or a hearing like this before – Unless there's something I'm missing. Well, and also, I mean, there, there might be listeners that might agree that, hey, violence is happening in society right. with guns. So if somebody, you know, with this statement, according to the statement, by, by the content in that affidavit that's submitted by the victim, purported victim, if true, this guy could be a threat. And maybe we should reduce his ability to be a threat. Without obviously, you know, full on restrictions, you know, confined to his home. Right, but there are. Well, I know there's a Second Amendment. I don't think, but I don't think, but even like, okay, so yes, there's a Second Amendment, but like, even like, like subsidiary laws that might like, you know, define the Second Amendment even, even more, I don't think that it it goes to that, to that level, you know what I mean? And, and to have a law that does go to that level, that's why I think it's so interesting because, you know, if there was a case that had this happen, it could be groundbreaking. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, and I... But just judging by the fact that the, the sheriff filed, filed it, I'm just thinking that I'm, maybe there's something out there that I'm, I'm unaware of that, that they know about or, you know... But not, not, yeah, like, uh, yeah. not saying that the sheriff always gets it right because they definitely don't, but right. I'm sure they don't have, you know, some, you know, Bush League attorney that's never done this before, like, filing these motions, but... Right. They go for stuff, man. They'll go for stuff. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, and I will say... they'll hope that they don't lawyer up, right? They'll do right. things that, like, they'll push on people, and they're like, oh, this guy probably... He I mean, won't show up to the hearing. Like he won't show up to the hearing. Right, or they won't hire an right. attorney, they and they'll just show up, no, they won't really know what to do, right. and the judge will be like, all right, granted, you know, because they can't. Right. The, judge, the judge has to do it, right? Now, I will say, for this standard to take away his weapons, it's clear and convincing. It's okay. a clear and convincing standard. So if you're listeners to know... Typically in a civil case, it's preponderance of the evidence. It's like the legal standard to win a case. Mm-hmm. You just have to tip the scales in one direction. Think of the scales of justice has to be slowly tipped on one side, 51% or 50.5%, okay. and you win. Or you can win. Here, clear and convincing is now there's not like a tangible number on that, a percentage, but it's higher than the tipping of the scales, but less than the criminal standard of beyond a reasonable doubt. Mm-hmm. It's clear and convenient, you know, so it's in the middle. So at least it is an augmented standard that this judge is going to have to adhere to. Not just tipping the scale. Now, is, an affi- is a single affidavit by somebody nothing more clear and convincing? I don't know. 
Well, that's what I, I think. Mean, you know. So it's interesting you brought that up. So, like, you know, like that would be a reason to, to put an affidavit out there, you know. A counter affidavit. Exactly, right. right. To, one, to go right? for it. Yeah, you know. And then the least you got time? I mean, what, today's Wednesday, right? Yeah. <coughs> you got time. Yeah, I just got to execute get tomorrow. Wagner to maybe draft it for me and I'll review and... <laughs> You know, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, kind of like a partner attorney, you know. Yeah, just but, draft it up. And just <laughs> yeah, you over. just draft it for me. I'll submit it. I'll tell everybody I did it, and we'll, uh, we'll call it a day. Exactly. Uh, no, nah, so yeah, that one's that one's an interesting one. Um, I feel like I've talked about my cases here. What, what do you? What's new in the Wagner Law uh, realm? Um, you know, besides being a dad, you know. Well, yeah, there's a dad thing. But that's dad not, thing. Luckily, right. you haven't had any Right, cases, no legal right? issues there, right? None, <laughs> none, 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 really. none that you know of. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Thank God for expungements, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm trying to think of, like, a good one that's interesting, but, like, nothing's really jumping to mind right now. I've got, um, it's not really, it, it's interesting to me because it's different. Right. It's like a, it's a computer case. So like it, it, um, it's, I'm going to sleep. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Can, nobody it, can, like a cyber stock or what's no, going no, on? no, no, Some no, security? no, 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 okay. nothing, nothing that a nothing computer case. It's, it's a okay. So my client is in logistics and he has a computer. It's this okay. very specific, very powerful computer. Okay. And he purchased warranties that went along with the computer, right? And so the through the company or through, through the, it's Dell. Okay. Dell, yeah, okay. so it's Dell, yeah. Right. All right. So, and then they, does he watch porn on this? Basically, this a porn they, case? I, I'm, I'm going to assume no. <laughs> okay. Well, I just didn't know. We never. I was going to be arrested porn case, but okay, there's no porn involved here. Okay. <laughs> he <laughs> he uh, basically like his computer's been glitching for like the last two years, and so it, it was bad enough where he has to. He switched over to like a different operating system. It's called Linux. You ever heard of it? Yeah, it's like the European. Or whatever. That's what they use in Europe, like Germany, like, or something. Yeah. Like, so apparently, it's like really difficult to like learn how to use. So it w- what it would do is if he used Windows, it would crash the computer to the point where he had to like wipe the computer clean and like reload all of the stuff onto it, which takes an average of about four hours to do. Okay. So it really cuts into his day. Right. And he's working. And so what he ended up doing is he found a workaround and that was Linux. Well, he just got a new job working as a software developer for like some new app or something like that. And they require that he uses Windows. I don't know why, but it's a requirement. Okay. So he brings Windows back online after, I think, two years or like a year or whatever. And the problem starts up immediately. And so the warranties state that Dell is to is required to, A, diagnose the problem without him even having to do it himself. They're able to like look systematically and be able to figure it out remotely, right? Okay. So they don't do that. And secondly, they're supposed to repair and replace any of the any of the pieces of the computer or whatever needs to be done in order to make the, the product work. Okay. Make sense? Yeah. So like this is all aggravated by the fact that apparently his system is what's called end of life, which means that they're not developing new pieces or products in order to sustain the system anymore. Okay. So he's working in, in literal good faith to try to like get this thing working, get it back up online. Cause he didn't really care. He just wants the computer to work right. fully. Just wants and, work, and basically right. they just told him to go pound sand. And he's got, we've got evidence now off of, of all places, Reddit, that they right. like, they actually will replace computers right. on Reddit. So, and this is where it gets interesting for me, at least. So they will or will not? They will. They they'll will replace the whole system. Yeah, replace the whole oh, system. Oh, okay. Because if the, the warranty says they'll replace basically the whole system. Right. Uh, generalizing. Right. But they're saying no to him. And they're saying no to him. Saying exactly. No. Right. So he's still stuck with this, this problem where like once, twice, three times a week, he's having to like take four hours out of his day. And right. like wipe and reload the entire system. Which so we're is, back again. I don't know if you said it, but but why? Why do they say no? Why is he being told to metaphorically pound sand? Because it doesn't exist. 
there are no more support components to build to 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 to, to repair the computer. Oh, so because it's end of life, they don't. Have no to, one's developing have, any more products for this computer. Therefore, we don't have to fix it. But the warranty says they have to fix it. Uh, that's that's pretty shitty. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, that's pretty crappy. Right. So. Because technology is always changing. I, I, things are always becoming theoretically obsolete. Right, and the warranty says that, it, that they would do that, right? right. Uh, up until they actually sold him a new warranty on the same system in February. Oh, so then they, so they, they, they had no problem years. doing that one, right? Right, Receiving, exactly. Yeah. Right, yeah. you got it. So I sent a letter over to, to Dell, a demand letter like like you were talking about earlier for, for the listeners. And I basically kind of like spell that out. And I say, you know, we want X amount of dollars, which was in the, you know, I don't know. Should we talk about money? I, like, I was thinking about this earlier. Should we talk about money or no? What do you think? Like in terms of what? Like, like, on, like on the podcast. Uh, like, thinking like talking dollars is like, is that not cool or? I'm going to do it anyway. I mean, puts a number to it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do, <laughs> do it anyway. Yeah, all right. So, well, like, I mean. So, all right. So, this is what it is. There, there's, there's a law in the state of Florida. It's called, we, we call it FIDUPTA, which right. is the Florida Deceptive and Unfair Trade Practices Act. FIDUPTA. Because we're all creative like that, right? FIDUPTA. <laughs> yeah. So, that's a good one. That's a good statute. I like it. Right. So, I've used it many times. Right. So that's what right. I did. I, right. I, I, I did a demand letter based on FIDUPTA and breach contract. So that's what it is, right? Consumer law. And uh, I sent it over to him and I got a response from their attorney who's based out of Fort Lauderdale. And he was basically like, because there's a $10,000 penalty for each FIDUPTA violation. And he was basically like, okay, so uh, you know, here's, here's our response. It was the new computer. That was his response to me. We'll, we'll, we'll give your client a new computer and he had like a specs for it. And then he was like, just so you know, the $10,000 is only recoverable by the state because the state has to like bring a civil action for Florida under the FIDUPTA laws. Like or whatever. Consumer fraud or something like exactly, that. Exactly, right. Yeah. So I looked into it and I was like, all right. He's, he was right. He was correct. Right. You know, and I was like, point well taken. But, you know, we're sidestepping the misrepresentation. We're, mis- we're sidestepping the fraud. And so, like, in, under FIDUPTA claims, apparently, you can only get actual damage. So, that would be, like, the replacement of the computer itself. Right. Right? So, actual damages is the actual damage that you suffer as a result of the breach of the contract. So, that would be, like, um, if you agreed to mow my lawn and I agreed to pay you 100 bucks. This is a bad example already. That's more like a service than it is, like, actual damages. Yeah. Hmm. I don't like to mow lawns either. Yeah. I used to do that when I was a kid. You used to go lawn like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I in still. High school. No, I mean, I still do it. No, I, just, I get paid to do it. Yeah. yeah right. Which, you know. Do you have like a, like a business? Nah, it was for the city. Okay. Like oh, you work for the city? Yeah, cool. it was in Texas, yeah. <laughs> city of Louisville, represent. <laughs> and then it became something. How many? Uh, how it was many? like one of those like go to school type things. Like, right. go to school or else you're going to be mowing lawns for the rest of your life kind of thing, which. It was like 100 degrees. It's summertime. It was a summer job. Oh, so it was like 110, like 15, 16. Oh, really? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So it was like one of those things like, you know, the workers are all like, you better go to school. So in Brevard yeah. County, they hire like adults to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, they had adults. They like kids. They, they had kids. Kids. They're like, hey, look at that. We have a, we have a good, uh, good group of people that we, can, that we can hire there. Yeah. Well, so wait. So back to your, so the warranty. So wait, but so shouldn't he be happy then? I got to give him a new computer. Yeah, but I need to get paid. Oh, okay, okay, it's about you now, okay. Uh, <laughs> I thought it's about the people. Yeah. It is about the oh, people. okay, well, that's what John Morgan like, says. But, but that's yeah. what I said, like, like, okay, so, like, when we, when, when I originally, to, like, back up and, like, try to save base here. Right. Um, when I... Well, um, wait, he's not going to pay you? No, I, well, <laughs> actually, no, he wasn't. Like, I was like, you know, I was like, we'll figure it out. That's kind of what I told him. Oh, jeez. 
Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah it's one of those things. Too nice. So, <laughs> so he calls me up, and it's like, you know, like the, the system itself is probably worth like five grand. Yeah. And so it's like, you know how contract law goes. Normally the way that it works, normally the way that it works in contract law is you make the person whole. Right. So like, if we have a contract that I, like, I pay you hundred bucks to mow my lawn, right, and you never, right. and you, and I give you the money up front, and you never mow the lawn, you owe me a hundred bucks. Right. Right. No more, no less. Right. Because I gave you a hundred bucks, and I didn't do it, and you didn't do it, and that right. makes me whole, right? Right. Just like if. I agree to pay you hundred bucks to mow my lawn, and you mow the lawn, and I never give you the money. If you sue me, I owe you a hundred bucks, no more, no less. Right, right. Now plus attorney's fees, plus attorney's fees, <laughs> well, plus right. attorney's fees, right? Right. 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 Well, that's so, what we want. That's so, what everybody wants. Right, and so like that's and, and that's what I've been going to this guy with this other opposing counsel. It's like the attorney's fees, basically. And so, in in under the foot up the claims, it's like legitimately like you know like you can get attorney's fees. Yeah, it says yeah, it says specifically. Right. So with, 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 with breach of contract cases, though, or like misrepresentation or fraud, you can get more than just actual damages. You can get loss of business, loss of income, loss of opportunity, you know, right. other, other like kind of like less obvious. Consequential. Yeah, damages. consequential damages. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. But, it's, but the difference between like pleading that. And getting that is two different things. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's what, and that's, 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 that's everybody needs to be aware of that. That's yeah. where, but that's where right. we're at right now Like with this guy. is like, you know, I, I pitched him 75 just to shoot way out in the moon, just to kind of see where we'd go at. Right. Not obviously expecting, first of all, not expecting this case to be worth that much. Even even if we went to a jury, right. no jury, I think, would award my client 75 grand. No. Even with attorney's fees, right? Because, like, if you're thinking of, like, what's the total value of the case... It's whatever the jury awards plus attorney's fees, right? Right. I still don't think it's going to be that much. Or right. I think it might be close to that, but I don't think it would be that much. And, and by the way, just so listeners know, in Florida, the only way you can get your attorney's fees, if there's a statute that states that. So in this case, we have that FDUPTA, that mm-hmm. Florida Deceptive and Unfair, Unfair Trade Practices Act, says you can get your attorney's fees. Right. Or if Reasonable. Con- or, right. Reasonable. Right. That's the key word, too. So that means you can't charge 1000 bucks an hour, um, at least out here, 1000 bucks an hour. Um the New York rate that is, but um, <laughs> if only right. So, but the breach, but also, or if the contract itself states it, the contract says the warranty in this case said the prevailing party is going to get their attorney's fees, then you could you could ask for them as well. Which is a good pointer if you do any business relations or have any business relations, put in your contract that if there's a breach of the contract, the prevailing party is going to get their attorney's fees. And then you have your contractual protection to give you attorney's fees 100% of the time. Now, the important thing to remember, though, is prevailing party, and even in these statutes, you have to be the winning party. So if right. it settles, if you take that settlement, if you take that computer right. and settle, right. you're, you're not, not, you're not getting You right. have to win. The judge or jury has to you know, hit the gavel down and say, you won. Right. Now here's your attorney's fees. So, so, if, so if it settles, which most cases do, right. you're not going to get them. So I have most, a lot of my clients will call, prospective clients, Obviously, wanting to be made whole plus attorney's fees because that's what they calculate in their mind that hey, I had to get an attorney to enforce this, therefore I should be paid by it. Right, I should be paid for it. So, um, but that's not typically the case, and since most cases settle, you're not going to get your attorney's fees. Right, but, but your you attorney have, fees are going to be less. Right, but here's the, here's the thing though is like since like and that's that's what I've okay. So having been a defense attorney. And now being a plaintiff's attorney, I have all this. Everything's in pre-suit. Everything's pre-suit now, right? Because right. like as a defense attorney, you usually only get things that are already in suit. At least that's my experience, right? So a complaint's already been filed, and we're already we're already going at it, right? In pre-suit, I feel like we're just like playing chess, like fucking like two hundred moves in advance, right? Right. And so like I kind of love it. 
but I'm still trying to figure it out, I guess, well, to, to, to a degree that I like. So, like, here's the thing. If you have a winner of a case, you know you're going to win. Right. Right? It's by the definition of the law. Like, let's use the lawnmower example, right? Um, you mow my lawn, I agree to pay you 100 bucks, and, and then I didn't do it. If you go in front of a jury, 99 or 9,999 juries out of 10,000 are going to award you the 100 bucks, right? Right. So you win. Right. Therefore, you get attorney's fees. Right. So every time you go into a negotiation, you're asking for more than 100 bucks. Right. Because you know you're going to win. Because you're yeah, exactly. Well, in, the, in that situation, right? If you know, yeah, if you know you're going to win, you're going to be like, hey, you're going to give me this plus a port, you know, some of what we had. Right, to do. So re- whatever reasonable attorneys right. fees are, right? And, and, and that's what I'm doing in this case. In this case, it's like I feel like it's a winner. Right. They they have an obligation to my client. They failed the obligation. Therefore, if we went to trial on this thing, and no one, want, I don't want to go to trial. I'm not trying to like. Make exorbitant fees here. That's right. the point. I'm not trying to make exorbitant. You're trying fees to actually here. reduce everybody's costs. Exactly. Right? Like, if we went to and trial, put less burden on the court system. Exactly. Trying to do the right thing. I'm going to rack up twenty five thousand to fifty thousand dollars in attorneys' fees that you're going to have to pay when we win for a three thousand dollars system. Right. So why not pay ten thousand dollars now and just be done with it? Right. We're all happy. We'll right. all walk away. Like that's what I'm trying to do right now. Right. Well, like the is, that, is that is that dumb? Like no, nah, I don't. I don't think it's outlandish to to ask for additional. I don't think they're going to give it to you because then the other attorney's going to say, "Well, come at me then." Yeah, Sue us all the way and get yeah. and get your judgment and collect on it. Right. I mean, you know what I'm saying. So I think he's going to. He's not. He's not going to meet you. I don't think he's going to meet you 100 percent on the attorney's fees. Yeah. I mean, I had a, a, a trespass to land case, mm-hmm. which does not does not allow for attorney's fees. It's pure kind of you know tort action that does not allow for it and. It was clear as day that, like, the other person cut this guy's tree over the property line. So, boom, trespass the land right there. Um, this is in a municipality where people are fluent enough to sue on this kind of stuff. Okay. Like, you know, some bigger fish to fry. But right. for this person, that was a big deal. They, they, the foliage was reduced by this tree trimming. Okay. So, and they, and they did. They did they, like law school stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. And so, they, and they did. The person did trim over the line. So, you did have a clear cut trespass the land mm-hmm. there. So, we filed a lawsuit on it, but like, it's like, what's your, you know, your damages are, the cost to get the tree back to what it was before, to give the foliage back to what it was, to replant, you know, a portion of the tree or whatever, you mm-hmm. know. But, you know, he also was like, well, I also want my attorney's fees for you to have to do this. He's like, I tried to, which made sense. He tried to reconcile it with the other party before calling me. And they told him to, you know, metaphorically pounds in. And so, and it's unfortunate that he just couldn't pay him right then and there. Realized, hey, we did wrong. Let's just fess up to it and and do it. So I had to file a lawsuit and the insurance company adjuster then reaches out to me and she's like, I can't believe you guys filed a lawsuit, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, did you read my demand letters? I was trying to avoid a lawsuit. And then, but nobody listened to me even then. He, first he tried, then I tried to settle it. Um, and then we had to file a lawsuit. So they gave us a portion of the attorney's fees and costs on top okay. of that. All right. You know? Why? If they didn't have to. Well, that, you're right. Actually, that's a good, actually, that's a very good point because that was. What was the attorney's, like, what was the opposing counsel's. Like rationale behind Well, it. I didn't even get that level. We're still dealing with an insurance adjuster. Actually. Oh, I thought you filed a case. I did. But I was still dealing with an adjuster. So they settled it before they even got to the attorney? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> that's it's amazing. So, so maybe that's why they <laughs> well didn't. Well done. Maybe that's why they didn't care either in terms of like cashing out a little bit for like that cost because they know they're probably going to pay 
outside counsel attorney that money. Twenty five to fifty thousand right, dollars, like just to uh, to fight this. So just so you know, like, yeah, I don't so know if I don't know if you talked about this before, but like when I was a defense attorney, just to get through discovery, like up to the point of mediation, right, it was twenty five grand. Jesus. So like remember, yeah, just, see remember, these these are the listeners. Those are the sharks. Those defense attorneys. Just, just remember, remember that when you're like dealing with, when you're dealing with <laughs> right. the insurance adjuster, like they they're looking at like when you file a case, like they're looking at like paying twenty five grand just straight up out the gate, right. You know, because like once the defense attorney gets a hold of it, if, in my opinion, if they're worth their salt, they're in control of the case, not the adjuster. So you so so you think anything less than twenty five thousand then is definitely down to settle. It's a deal for them, right? Right. Like I, I met adjusters who said that they would cut ten thousand dollars checks just to make things go away, even if they thought it was a winner of a case for them. Right. Because it was because they're going to pay. It makes more sense to get twenty five economically. Right. Right. Because like, like they're an insurance company. They're not a law firm. Right. They're in the business of making money. They're in the business of helping their clients that, out right? who have been hurt, right? right. So if, if it comes to a dispute over funds on the insurance policy, if they can get rid of it for 10 grand or less than 25,000, they're gonna, they're, a lot of times they're gonna, they're gonna pay attention to that. Right. So like I have a case, case in point. I'm probably gonna file it tomorrow. Slip and fall case of a Clearwater. Okay. I personally think the case is probably worth Somewhere between fifteen and fifty thousand dollars. I think fifty thousand dollars is probably a good. I think a jury would come back with fifty on this one. Okay. She's got lower back pain. She's like, I think she was twenty two at the time when she got hurt. It's been about a year. So she's like twenty three, twenty four now. What kind of establishment? Uh, it's a restaurant. Okay, so we're which will remain nameless. Okay, but yeah, yeah. yeah, it was just a regular old um, restaurant and bar, like a pub type thing, uh, and they had like a dance floor that they created during like spring break. So my client flies in, she's from Nashville, flies in, hangs out with a friend of hers who's from Florida. They have, she has a condo. The friend has a condo in Clearwater. So they're just like, you know, base camping in the Clearwater condo. Right. Just hanging out and having a good time or whatever. They go to this uh, establishment. They're, uh, she's, she's dancing or whatever. And unbeknownst to her, the uh, employees at the establishment mop the floor like adjacent to the, um, the dance floor. To the dance floor, right? right. So she steps off the dance floor un- not knowing that it's wet. There's no warning signs up. And there's no verbal... Warning given, and she slips and she falls on her butt. Right, and she you know she has immediate pain. Um, they give her like the employees actually apologize to her and say that you know we probably should have warned you. We should have put some signs up. Sorry for mopping so close to you. Blah blah blah. They give her ice to put onto her neck. Right, and they put her onto her lower back to try to help out. Right, so she's in tears. Uh, she ends up leaving. It just so happens that she's leaving the next day. She can't even get her bags into the taxi cab. And this is not like a she's like a fiery southern girl. Like she's not the type that's just like please. Get my bags, for right, me, right, right, or whatever. Right. She's, you know, I'm she, doing the class. You got it, right. right. She's 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 more like the you know piss and vinegar type. Okay. So you know, right. but she can't because she's in so much pain. She gets the, the taxi cab driver like puts her bags and like puts them on the on the curb for her when she goes to the airport, and then she's like sacked up at her parents' house for like the next two weeks because her low back pain is so bad. Right. Does some chiro treatment or whatever. The chiropractor helps. Time helps. It goes from being like a you know like a like a seven out of ten to like a two to one out of ten, but the thing is like, she went and got an MRI and it clearly shows that she's got nerve root impingement from a bulge and she's twenty three, yeah. which is weird. Right. And so like you so it's know, not like there's anything pre existing at that age. You right. Know, like if you have like a sixty something year old client plus that comes in, there's already you know some degeneration at play. Right, arthritis, etc. So there's already, you know, those, those reports are going to already kind of show something that's already not optimal. Right, and it already line, it lines up with where she's at right now as far as 
like her low back plants. So like her, the way that she says that it affects her daily life is like, she's an active person. So she, she runs, she goes outside, she hikes, she swims, she goes out in the boat, lots right. of things that she does, right. right? And it's one of those things where like, it's not limiting her from doing those things, but it gives her pause before she does it. She's like, do I want to do this? Because if I do it, it's going to aggravate the day, something, right? It's going to hurt. Right. And it does. Right. And it's the same thing. Like she has a nine-year-old kid. Right. Yeah, nine-year-old. I think she's like eight-year-old. Anyway, she's got like a, like a, she's I like 15. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. That's right. Tennessee. Right? Right? No, judge, no judgments. Right. But <laughs> it's more like where you're from. Melbourne wise, you know, Melbourne style. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> but it's the truth. But it's true. <laughs> they, um, so anyway, so like, but like picking your kid up, you know, oh. it's one of those things where like she still does it, but not as often as she used to. And, and she thinks about it before she does. She's like, do I want to? Because right. if I do it in the wrong way, I'm dead for the rest of the day. Right. Or like I'm, I'm taking it easy for the rest of the day. Right. So. She's pretty young to have to contend with those thoughts. Right. You can see somebody who's older might have those thoughts like, oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be hurt after this. Right. But, old, old guys like us. Right. Like, you know, right. Right. Well, like, well, you right. get the gray on the top. <laughs> I don't have that yet. So, yeah. <laughs> so like, but, or like, but, but, but more. Of course, I think well, you put that purposely in your hair. More you put the gray in your hair. I, 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 I more seasoned. Like, yeah, so, like, yeah, yeah. salt, pepper. I think you're more credible. Okay. Son of a bitch. But like, but like more poignantly though, like, like the 40 and 50 year olds, you know, like that's, that's like a 40, 50 year old problem, right? Right. Not right. a, not a, not a mid twenties problem. Yeah. No. So, so my, so all that in mind that it's not like an end of life injury or anything like that, but it's still like a thing that, po- that it bothers her. I go to the insurance company and I'm like, listen, this is what's going on with her. I overshoot. I overshoot on purpose. You know, like right. I, I make it like, or like best case scenario for us in, in, in right. trial, like, I could argue. I, I would be comfortable arguing this, but like this is we're talking like best case scenario, best jury possible, like one hundred seventy five thousand dollars, like with wage losses and like pain and suffering and all that stuff, right? Right. I get a letter from the insurance company like yesterday, like past our demand window, and it's like she was basically their argument is that no employee ever saw her fall, no report was ever written. And while she was at our establishment, because we have receipts that she was at the establishment on the night in question, she must have fallen somewhere else. Mm. That's the that's what they're going with. So like that's what I'm contending with is a liability issue. They're so they're, gonna, they're, they're not even going to fight you on the damages. They're fighting you at the forefront. Uh, apparently, on whether or not they are liable or responsible for the for actual causing, fall for causing this problem. Correct. So you have to prove the the, the basics here. That she was actually there. That she she actually was there. Fell there. And she failed the causation. Yeah, you know, which is crazy to me because, like, you know, I haven't seen the documents, so you right. know, there's that. So you need like, but a I have to like drag in all the employees. That's what I'm saying. Are you gonna do preservation evidence? I will. Can I come back to that? I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to as soon as we file the complaint. Say I preserve that video camera evidence if applicable, and there's then one. subpoena. But all the workers. But realistically, like, I've talked to my client a number of times about this. Actually, when she... Was her friend saw her? Her friend yeah, saw her too? Yeah, her friend was there. Her right, friend has an right. affidavit. Right. It's not... It's, it, it, it's, it's unsworn, but like, yeah, she was there. She saw it. Right. So, and we have pictures. So, you Did know... the pictures the same? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's like going to match up with the... Uh, they're of her, like, close up. So, like, right. the ability to, like, you know, extrapolate that it was, like, the actual restaurant remains well, What did you seen. do? Uh, it was on the phone? Yes. Can't you like uh, geolocate? We probably can. Yeah, you know, so should do it right, right. there. Yeah, and so, show those pictures were taken at that establishment. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea. We're, yeah. probably, we're yeah. gonna have to do that now. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So you know, it's one of those things where the fight is coming. I'm excited about it. I can't wait. Right. 
Well, and like, like I've talked to my client enough times to know. All right, great. So even if we don't get the geolocation data, which right. we will, but like let's just assume it's like my client and her friends word against like a couple of employees who probably don't even work there anymore. Probably don't really remember the night that right. well. Like I think we win it just based off credibility. Right. Well, I don't think I don't think if it went that far to like a judge or a jury that they're really going to be like, oh, I think she's totally lying about even being there and slipping and falling there. It's well, kind of amazing. So what, are you at least going to send a counter demand at all? Like, Why? Uh, well, no, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I've literally, or just file. I mean, what might you worst, say? Like, this is the worst adjuster I've ever dealt with. I've tried calling her no less than four times. She's never returned my calls. I've sent her two letters, not including the last demand letter that I've sent her. So three letters, right. one of which was the last final demand letter. No, we're, we're at the point where like, I've tried. Yeah. Won't do it. You try to be a nice guy. Yeah. You try to play ball. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, they, they've really actually, yeah, in this situation, forced you. If you're gonna get if you're going for a remedy, you have to do this. So now the question yeah. now the question will become like what's the PFS gonna be or the proposal for settlement? You know? Do I just like shoot low ball and go twenty grow fifteen fifteen grand right off the bat? Well you, you, you gotta refresh my memory, it has to be twenty five percent. What happens if it's within it's 20. If, it's, if it's in twenty percent range? Right. If it's if the case eventually settles for twenty percent within twenty percent range of what your number to them is. You can get attorney's fees? Yes. Okay, so... Right. Say it more, since since say it more succinct than I said it. Right, so since we're, doing, since we're doing the podcast, there right. there is a law in the state of Florida. How are we doing? It's 603. Let's see what time Eastern time. We're at 50 minutes. So we have some more minutes. So, all right. So, in the state of Florida, there is a law in the books that is designed to encourage settlements after a lawsuit is filed. And the idea behind that is, is that typically for like personal injury matters, like we were talking about earlier, if you win a case in a personal injury case, you don't normally get attorney's fees. Okay? Right. So like if Cause I... Because there is no statute or contract in play. Right. Just, back to what we were talking about earlier. You have that contract or statute in play. Right. So like if I win, if I win $1 in a personal injury case, I can get costs. So like whatever it costs me to like... File a lawsuit, like the 400 bucks cost to file right. a lawsuit. But I'm not going to get attorney's fees for it. So in order to encourage settlements, though, in order to, to, to keep attorneys from going to trial, just to try to get costs, like get that $1. Right. What they've done is they've said, if you file a proposal for settlement, which is just a number to settle the case. Like, this is after filing a lawsuit, though. It has to be after filing a lawsuit. Yeah, there's a lawsuit. What was it, 30 days? It's 90 days after you serve the person. Okay. I just looked it up today. So actually. 90 days yeah. after they get served so the ser- lawsuit. So what services had. So you have to wait three months before giving this this, Correct. this proposal for settlement. Right. So you, you, you file your proposal for settlement, which is just a number to settle the case. Done. You know, whatever it might be. You know, $1,000, $10,000, a million dollars, whatever it might be. Once that proposal for settlement runs, you usually give them 30 days. I think the law says you have to give them 30 days to respond to the proposal for settlement. The PFS if, that's what the third is from. Okay. Right. If, so I know something. Yeah. If they yeah. <laughs> if they don't if they don't respond to the PFS within thirty days and it lapses, right? Right. At that point, let's say it's ten thousand dollars. Okay. If I go to trial and I get a judgment for more than twenty percent of that ten thousand dollars, which would be twelve thousand dollars. Right. Right? So twenty percent of ten thousand is two, added to the ten is twelve. If I get it for twelve or more, yeah, if the jury comes, comes back, back giving you $12,000 or more. Then I get attorney's fees on top of that. Right. So that means that I can go to the opposing counsel and be like, you owe me for the 20,000, 20, 20 hours or 100 hours that I spent working this case, whatever my hourly rate is. Right. The and reason so, why they did the low star method? 
Yeah, or whatever. Like all that. That shit gets so. Yeah, 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 sounds cool, right? Right, right. Yeah, Lone Star. Lone Star, man. It's like that Lone Star. It sounds kind of like Texas. It sounds like an '80s sci-fi movie. Right, the Lone Star. Oh, the Lone Star. Yeah, I was thinking about beer. You know, but it's good beer. I've never had that. I don't think it gets over here, man. Yeah, it does. I don't think it gets out of the, yeah, it doesn't get out of the state much. I mean, it's, it's is it really good then? Nah, or is it's, it's, like yeah, it's cheap. I the mean, Texans are all like, cheap. it has Lone Star on it. Right, it's right. amazing. Yeah, once the stars put on it, we're we're branded. You know, we're good to go. <laughs> but nah, yeah, it's it's kind of it's a little bit better than Keystone. Keystone, I have, I, I mean, I have had a Keystone forever, dude. <laughs> well, one day I'll get to your level where I can do fancy. Fancy beers. Oh, my <laughs> level, right? With this <laughs> yeah. bowl I just had a, a couple kids or something or whatever it is you've done, but um, uh, well, it's, yeah, it's good bourbon too. You've been going to, I don't know if you know this, have you ever been to $3 Brewery over here? Um, Speaking maybe, of fancy beer. I might have been there at some point. So like right now, I, know, I think I have. Because of the whole COVID thing, they're doing buy one, get ones for their six packs. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so you get like Jeez. a 12 pack well, of like craft beer. So you, you tell the wrong guy. There you go, I'm, man. I'm there. So you get, you get like a 12 pack craft brew for like seven bucks. You know, don't they sell those like the other places around here? Yeah, they do. Yeah, okay, because I think I think I've good. had it at other bars from that brewery. Yeah, it's good, man. They got like the Blondale's pretty good. Their lager's pretty I think good. That's the love it. They got a lot of cider. Also, their ciders are good. No cider, dude. Yeah, a lot of sugar, I respect man. That. Maybe a headache. I hear that. I'm not dead something. I hear that. that, but it's pretty good cider. They should check it out. All right. Anyway, so like, yeah, <laughs> so the proposal for settlement in this case, like, because, so like, when I'm when I'm thinking of like. A proposal for settlement. I'm thinking, like, what what is a jury going to return on this case? Like, what's what's a reasonable number? And that's what the whole right. the whole law is designed that way, right? What do you think reasonably a jury will return on the case? Right. So if I think reasonably a jury is going to return ten thousand dollars on a case, I would shoot under that number twenty percent in order to beat that proposal for settlement, right? Right. Because I want the attorney's fees. Right. So, like, if it's $10,000, again, $2,000 would be the 20%, right? Mm-hmm. So, my proposal for settlement would be eight grand because I think a, a jury's going to come back with 10. Right. So, I shoot at the eight grand mark and I give it out to the opposing counsel, knowing that, like, I could probably get 10 from the jury. And this is the whole point, right? I'm giving a little. Right. Because I'm hoping they're going to be sleeping or think that the case is worth far less than that. Right. In the case of a slip and fall. My slip and fall, zero, right? Right. Theoretically, opposing counsel is going to agree with the adjuster. Right. Like, this shit never happened at this place. This is all garbage. Right. It's zero. It's zero. Or it's like $500. Right. Or we'll give you uh, Yeah, just make me away. You're in negligible amount, right? Yeah, yeah 500 bucks. Right. And, um, but at that point, like, if, if we can get past that $30, then, like, then they're done. Right. I can demand more than $10,000 in order to comp- compensate for the attorney's fees, Right. Right. Now, is there, wait, is there a drawback in this, though? What happens? The, the drawback is that they accept the let's just, let's just take the defense side here. All right, go if for Your it. proposal settlement, what's what's the, is there any, again, is there any drawback for using a PFS, a proposal for settlement? Well, the, can it backfire at all? Yeah, like if they accept it. If they accept it. Okay, well, well but I mean, is that, is, it would be because I'm taking less, less than the, the true value of the case. So I'd be like, well, but if you... I got eight grand instead of Well, but then I guess the counterpoint would be you should you should maximize it then. Which I know... What do you mean? Like, say 10,000 then. Okay. Like, do the actual... Other than lowballing the number, do the actual number that you think it's worth. But, I mean, that... 
You can't have your cake and eat it here because that yes, that's not going to give you your attorney's fees if it had gone right. to trial right. and had you gotten that that amount. Right. But at the same time, it it could settle it right then and there for higher. Yeah, that makes you sense. You know, and, then, and then you're not going to have cost incurred. You're going to take out of the, the client as well. Yeah. For going further in litigation. Yeah. So I mean that's how you I mean, be right. the way out. What are my costs going to be? Right, right, right. But then, but then you're getting into like the minutia where you're talking about like, well, like what's your medical, what, what, what's the client's medical cost? Like, what's my, what's my cut? Right, you know, like all that kind of stuff too. Right? Deposition fees. I mean, she got to fly down right. from Nashville. Right, right, right. You know, because well, she sure says she's it's... happy to do because she wants to come hang out. Right, <laughs> she wants to come hang out. Right, right. Florida's not like a bad nice. place to go to. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Know. You know, it's nice. Um, yeah, I guess you could, you could dig. Her friend has a condo. Make it for a vacation. That's true. Good point. Yes. Well, for her, well, the situation's I'm, a little more. I, I'm not telling opposing counsel that, but well, no, yeah. no, no. But like that's the problem, right? Like with, with in a case like hers, is that the deposition would have to actually occur in the county where it originates from. Right. Something else. Right. Unless like I feel like I could probably maybe like work the whole COVID nineteen angle and just be like, listen, like you know, which be remote anyway. So I've seen that. I've seen a lot of attorneys trying to say like, well, because COVID nineteen, we need to do things. We need to, you know, bend the rules a little bit, or we, or judge. You need to, um, well, it's not really see this motion ex parte. No, I've seen this kind of stuff, and it's right. like, and the judge is like, eh, yeah, nah, we still gonna have an adversarial here. Um, but I guess people are trying. Yeah, people like, are trying. Because, like, to me, it's like, it, 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 it's not that I'm bending the rules. It's that like the way that it's working. At least last I checked, and I'm not going to hearings on a regular basis right now because I'm still like getting the lawsuits and stuff. Right. But the Experience that I've had so far is that like they're doing like EUOs and depositions like remotely. So it's like well, no, well, those if you're are doing it remotely, done. then right, I right, have right. to fly down and like right. do it remotely. You know, like just do it from Nashville. No, and actually, I think currently the the administrative order is still saying that. Yeah, like, it should be if it can be if it can be done electronically. Right. Um, and frankly, I think that like know. I think it's kind of going that direction. I think that we're like you know we're looking at like a change in the legal system where. While the rule says that the person needs to be deposed in the right. county where the defendant is at or right. where the action arose. Right. Unless the parties agree otherwise. People can stipulate. Correct. They do. Correct. Yeah. That with all attorneys now being baptized in doing remote depositions and hearings. Right. It's not as big of a deal as it used to be. Well, the technology is there. It's yeah. been there. It's yeah. been done. I think... Now, I will say I don't support the notion of having trials done remotely. I agree. They're, oh, my they're, gosh. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they're they tried they're, in Texas. They tried well, it. Well, they're, they're, they want to do, I think, a pilot program out here. They're they are. tested. They're asking attorneys like, volunteer. No. Tested. No, because you can't read somebody's body language the same Agreed. via telephone. You can't tell if they're lying as yep. much. It, it's just you need it's, to have – you can't feel – Dude, it's the same the, with depositions, right. man. Like, no, I always, I always right. want to do depositions in, per, right. in person. Right, because you want to – you can tell the person's lying right to yep. your face – Differently as yep. opposed to on a telephone, it's very hard to like kind of counteract points. To that point, I had an EUO a couple of weeks ago where, um, uh, okay, so language we're speaking an examination under oath, okay, which is basically a deposition. So, the point I'm trying to make is it was basically a deposition, it was Zoom, right? And so, like, I appear video over video over my computer, my client appears over video, the were you, were, you court have, reporter. I was not. You were not the wearing pants. No, I was not totally okay. wearing pants. Yeah. <laughs> the core reporter. The core reporter appeared over video. Opposing counsel appeared audio just over audio. Was, so he, like, was he an older guy? 
don't think so. No, I think I, mean, so. like, I noticed the older attorneys was like, I'm just calling in. No, I don't think so. Like, oh, I looked, yeah. I looked him up. I think he's like, I think he graduated. I think he graduated law school in like 2010 or 2012 okay. or something yeah, like so that. He you knows know, what like, technology nothing, is, right? Yeah, you know, nothing right. crazy. Right. And so I even asked him when we started the EU. I was like, you're not going to appear over video, and he was like, no. So to his, <laughs> to his to his loss to his loss we get into the, we get into the and he's asking her about her injuries and he's asking her about her neck and we're getting into like um because it's a fucking EUL so he's asking about like the specific things that the chiropractor was doing with her okay and so like one of the things he asked her was like well when you it, you know did he ask you if you had like you know put put your neck your ear to your to your shoulder and she was like no and he's like well if you Put your ear to your shoulder. Do you feel numbness and tingling? Or, or like, that's not how he asked it, but he asked it like, you know, did he do this test where you would put your ear to your shoulder? And if so, did you feel numbness and tingling? And she was like, uh, no, uh, no, he didn't ask me to do that. And I, and I butted in at this point and I said, did he even ask you to do that test? And she said, no. Right. And then she did it. She did it. She goes like, like this. It, yeah. Yeah. And she goes, oh, I can kind of feel it when I do it. And, of course, he can't he see can't it. See he can't see it. He can't, he can't see it at all. Audio. Yeah, exactly. There you go, bro. And it's like, there you, you could have asked, like, if I was him, because I've been him, I've been, I've been on the right. other side of egos, I would ask so many follow-up questions to that. And he didn't do it because he didn't see it. Right. So and it's like, you know, the so importance of being in person or just being able to, like, see what view the, the audio. Right. Yeah. As opposed to, like, just trusting somebody saying it, you know? I mean, she could easily just like didn't even do it. Just said she, well, you you saw her do it, but yeah. I'm just saying, and now I think about it, I mean, like maybe he could see all of us. Like I don't even, I didn't ask him that. Like I mean, maybe he could have seen all of us, and he just wasn't letting us see him. Makes sense, right? Right? He's like the dark, totally he's do like that. Sith Lord. No, yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's turned out right. <laughs> I don't. No, I don't. I think if he's on audio, he can't see. I don't know. I've never, done, know. It. I've never done it. I've never actually. I always done play it. ball where I was on Zoom. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Like what do you have? What do you have to hide? Right. State Farm. Right. Attorney from Cole Scott. I'm trying to get my face out there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for real. Tom oh, Cruz, dude, I have to you know show you. Like, I have a, I have like a, a Wagner Law, like a, a billboard that I can put up on the back of my wall. You know, like, okay. when you walked in, you saw that painting that was yeah. hanging there. Take that off, and there's Velcro behind it. I can like put Ooh, the nice. put the sign up. So like when I do Zoom meetings, it says like Wagner Boom, Law behind just it. Just broadcast that. I know, right? Yeah. Trying to get the lot, uh, uh, trying uh, to get the logo out there. So, oh, and by the way, since we're towards the end of this thing, we're at an hour right now. I know it didn't seem like it, but we're at an hour. I didn't finish my drink. I know I had two because yeah. apparently I'm the alcoholic in, the, in, in this in this twosome. I'm just a lightweight. <laughs> I'm honest about it. I'm a cheap drinker. Yeah, so anyway, if if you happen to listen to this all the way from start to finish, this is for entertainment purposes and educational purposes right. only. Are we gonna this? Is this a disclaimer part? We're not. Yes, we're not <laughs> using this. We're not using this for marketing purposes in any way, shape, or form. Nor is this any form of legal. I feel like I need to contribute here. Go for Nor it. Nor is there any. Is this in any way legal advice for which you should rely upon for any legal issues you may have? Yeah, because I mean, like, frankly, this is just a bunch of incompetent rambling that we've been doing for the past like yeah. hour. It feels like these cases might not even be real. <laughs> these cases actually might be fictional. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I'm signing off. All right.